it's hard to believe it's here. But tonight, we get to watch North Carolina play an actual basketball game against a team in different jerseys. Unreal. But don't write off this exhibition game. We're going to learn more about the Tar Heels tonight than you might imagine. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Friday, October 27th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to welcome you in. You every day are so glad you're here. Thanks for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or watch to get your team every day. Really looking forward to next week. We're going to have a great week leading up to the first regular season basketball game. Two really cool interviews that you are not going to want to miss. I'm just telling you right now, big time stuff coming. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk about the football game coming up on Saturday, getting ready for Carolina and Georgia Tech. Also want to look at ACC Media Day. We now know the preseason poll. We know the preseason awards selections, both in terms of all ACC teams and the individual awards. We'll get to all that, including what I think is a major snub on one of those lists. But first, before all of that, we got a basketball game tonight and we need to talk about it. 7.30 Friday night. It's on ESPN Plus or ACC Network Extra, either one. For some reason, it's two different links, but there you go. If you need the links, you can find it on my Twitter. I put it on there earlier this week. Now, here's the thing. It's a brand new season, time to start over, and with all due respect to an inferior opponent, it's an exhibition game. But it is the first public showing against a team in a different jersey. And this this game is about Carolina executing a vanilla version, but a version of what they want to do and executing it well. Here's what I mean. It's similar to Carolina football last week against what we thought should have been a walkover kind of game against Virginia. It is what we thought was a much higher level team against the worst team in the ACC. Elite teams run their stuff. They focus, they execute the little things, they execute the game plan, they execute the big things, regardless of opponent, high, low, in between, whatever it is, elite teams do those things against lesser opponents. And with this Carolina basketball team in particular, aside from Elliot Cadeau and Zayden Hyde, the two freshmen, this is a veteran and experienced basketball team. Not only that, this is a talented, extremely talented basketball team, and that does include Elliot Cadeau and Zayden Hyde, two of just a couple members of the team that is incredibly talented. Now, am I expecting perfection from Carolina on Friday night? Absolutely not. That's unreasonable. But I do expect them to be locked in. Just like I said a second ago about the football team against Virginia last week. We're likely going to learn more about the Carolina basketball team in this exhibition game than we would against a high-level opponent who would obviously have the Tar Heels' attention. So tonight, watch for the level of execution. 
watch for the level of connectedness between the guys. Watch the interpersonal interactions between them. Are they communicating? Are they doing all these things that they need to do against what seems like an inferior opponent, a throwaway game? It doesn't matter. If this Carolina team wants to be elite and get back to being Carolina, they will do it tonight in an exhibition game format. You go out and you do it. So that said, what what specifically can you be watching for? Coach Davis has already told us that. He has given this team four key offensive principles and four key defensive principles he is watching for. So for those who are new to the program since last basketball season, what we do is we have a four corners preview before games and a four corners review after games. It's a nice nod to Coach Dean Smith and his famed four corners offense. But I'll give you four things specifically to watch for. Now, here's what's cool is because Coach Davis gave four things on offense and four things on defense, this very first one of the year is going to be a four corners preview times two. So let me give you those four key offensive principles first. Number one, he said Carolina needs to be a running team. So we need to see that in this exhibition game, that Carolina gets out and runs in transition and the ball moves ahead quickly, whether by pass or by dribble to get up the floor and get points before the defense is set. Watch to see how this how this happens. When it happens, after made or missed baskets, who's doing it? Is it always Elliot or RJ or Seth? Or are we seeing some Cormac Ryan bring the ball up? Are we seeing some Harrison Ingram lead the break? Are we seeing somebody like Jalen Withers do it? Watch for all those things. But watch for how often it happens. Is Carolina ready to start getting that tempo up? Number two key offensive principle in our four corners preview coach said attack and dominate the offensive glass we all know Armando Baycott's going to do that that's where he thrives but what about the other guys the offensive glass in the coach Davis era has not been what it was in the coach Williams era and I think that's just because Carolina hasn't prioritized it number one and number two more three-point shooting equals longer rebounds and you're just not going to get as many of those What I'm watching for is can Carolina do this and who helps out Armando? Who are the other guys attacking that offensive glass with him? Watch for that. Number three, offensive principle from Coach Davis that we're watching for. Be unselfish with passes and screens. So this is, we're talking getting that assist rate back up where it needs to be. First off, over 50%, but I want to see them get up above 55, maybe even to 60%. That's not unreasonable. That's not wild to think about. How unselfish is Carolina with passes? And that means looking for the best shot and then not passing it up, right? Making the right passes and then taking the right shot. But then also he says be unselfish with screens. That is part of winning basketball and they need to do that. Number four in our four key offensive principles for this game, dominate points in the paint. And so obviously that chiefly falls to Armando Baycott. So we're going to be watching for that. And it's not, I say it chiefly falls to Armando Baycott. I mean that in terms of finishing. It falls to everyone else to get him the ball so he can finish in the paint. But points in the paint doesn't have to be from a big man. That means Elliott attacking and finishing. That means RJ, Jalen Withers, others attacking and finishing at the rim. It means Jalen Washington and James Aconquo, when they come in and are playing the five, they need to finish in the paint. Maybe some of the fours come in sometimes into the 
painted area and finish there. We're going to be watching for that. And obviously, Carolina should dominate the paint numbers in this one. But watch how they do it. That's what's key in a game like this. All right, so there's the four corners preview of the offensive principles from Coach Davis. Remember, again, I've said it, we're going to be watching these all season long. And then secondly, the four key defensive principles from Coach Davis to be watching out for tonight. Number one, be great guarding the ball. That's what he's looking for. Can I stop my man? Obviously, Carolina is going to be playing man-to-man defense. Can I stop the dude in front of me, whether he has the basketball or not? How attentive am I at, at stopping that guy when he doesn't have the ball? But obviously, we're talking about guarding the ball here. And so that's the thing. Guard the ball. Keep it in front of you. Help defense do all those things. Number two on Coach Davis's key defensive principles for this season. Box out and be the top team in the country in defensive rebound percentage. That's his second defensive principle. So box out is all about will and want to. I'm a five foot ten dude. But I'm actually a great rebounder. You know why? Because I got a butt and I can use it and I'll put it into a guy and clear out space so that I or somebody else can get a rebound. When the ball goes up, find man, box out. It's That's simply about want to and it needs to happen. And then secondly, as part of that one, is be the top team in the country in defensive rounding, rebounding percentages. So you want to force bad shots, but then you have to finish those possessions by getting the rebound. Again, this can't just be Armando. He is going to need help. He's going to gobble up a bunch of them himself, but he'll need help. Defensive principle number three that we're watching for, and it's again, starts tonight. Talk and trust and be good communicators. This is a big one. Carolina last year, it was notably quiet. And you probably recall Jeremy Roach from Duke talking about how he knew he was going to be able to score on it was that last possession. Um, I think it was the game at Duke. Forgive me for not remembering for sure. But he's like, I knew I was going to be able to get it because we'd get the switch and they wouldn't communicate. And that's exactly what happened. This team we've already heard at, at live action being better with their communication. So watch out for that. How are they doing that? And then fourthly is protect the paint. Um, Carolina doesn't have anybody that is a dominant shot blocker. You know, Brendan Haywood, John Henson, they're they're not suiting up. Um, and so it's got to be a team approach in some ways. But Jalen Withers is known to be somebody that can block primary or secondary shot, like when he's in help defense. Um, Armando can do it. Other guys can do it. Um, but protecting the paint is not just about blocking shots. It's about doing that leaky black type early defensive work to be positionally great on defense. So these are the things that we're watching for the four corners preview times two for this game. Again, we're going to learn a lot about Carolina tonight in this exhibition game. Are they elite? Are they ready to go right now to prove we are going to be a different team this year? Watch out for that. And then we'll recap it obviously later. The preseason ACC poll and awards were announced on Thursday. And just one of the Tar Heels made one of the two preseason All-ACC teams. You got to be kidding me, right? This is a snub, and we got to talk about it in a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by Athletic Brewing. Now it's time for your Game Changer of the Week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Much like Cedric Gray did his work against Virginia last week, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good, full flavor, well-crafted, just like a full-strength beer. 
seriously, Cedric Gray, 18 total tackles. This dude always posts. It was a phenomenal performance on Saturday night, even in a loss. Hopefully he can rally the rest of the guys and get back on the wagon this week. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy them online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first online order. That's code LOCKEDON at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing, fit for all times. This episode of Locked on Tar Heels is also brought to you by Game Time. Listen, you know it, college basketball season is coming fast. It's like 10 days away, and you are going to need last-minute tickets to some incredible action this year of college basketball. Best place to do it? Game time. Get in on the app, because I know, I know they have the tickets I need at a good price, and that I'm going to be able to see what the view looks like from my seat from right there in the app. It's perfect. I love this much this app so much game time is this fast and easy way to buy tickets for any event you're looking for football basketball music comedy theater whatever it is you name it they got it in addition to that view from your seat feature i love i also really like their lowest price guarantee and their event cancellation protection policy it makes me feel comfortable to go ahead and buy tickets right now even if i'm not totally sure take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time download the game time app Create an account and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Oh boy! Tuesday and Wednesday of this week were ACC Media Days. Women on Tuesday, men on Wednesday, and then on Thursday we learned the results of both of these. I want to lay those out for you, at least where the Tar Heels factored in, both for the men and the women. But I want to start specifically with the first and second team all-conference preseason teams for the men because, uh, wow, here's what I mean. First team preseason all-ACC, Kyle Filipowski, Duke, leading vote-getter, followed by Armando Baycott, uh, just one point behind him in these polls. Then P.J. Hall from Clemson, he's an absolute dude. Down in the post, Reese Beekman, guard from Virginia, and Norchad O'Meara, big guy at Miami, rounds out that first team. Second team, Judah Mintz, guard from Syracuse, Nigel Pack, guard from Miami, Blake Henson from Pitt, Tyrese Proctor, point guard from Duke, and then Quentin Post, big man at Boston College. So what you heard me say there is one Tar Heel, Armando Baycott, on the first team. You did not hear R.J. Davis's name come out of my mouth on these two teams. What? Because that, to me, is absurd. Now, I know. Listen, listen, let's get this elephant out of the way. It's just a silly preseason ACC poll, but this is voted on by media members who cover this conference closely and all the time. And this, to me, is a massive miss. Now, obviously, we're going to put a lot more um, stock into the postseason teams, which should have RJ on it, because he's going to have a massive, massive season. But to miss having him on this list, to me, is absurd. Let's just compare him with Judah Mitz, for example, who's also on the second team. It's a pretty close numbers, but RJ should stand out above him. 
Judah, 16.3 points last year, RJ 16.1. Judah wins that by two-tenths of a point. Field goal percentage, 44.3 for Judah, 43.8 for RJ. Again, Judah wins that one barely. Three-point field goal percentage, RJ bests Judah by six percentage points there, 36% to 30%. Free throw percentage, RJ leads that one 88% to 75%. Rebounds, RJ more than doubles Judah mitts, 5.1 to 2.3. Assists, Judah wins that one 4.6 to 3.2. Steals, Judah wins that one 1.8 to 1.1. Blocks is a push. Turnovers, Judah has half a turnover a game more last year than RJ did. Player efficiency rating. This one's close to 19.8 for Judah, 18.9 for RJ. True shooting percentage. RJ leads this one, 56.7 to 52.4. Effective field goal percentage. RJ leads this one, 51.5 to 46.7. Usage. Here's what's interesting. Judah Mintz leads RJ in this category, 27.3 to 22.9, meaning in those categories where he's more, he should be more because his usage rate was so much higher for Syracuse last year. And yet there are all these metrics at which RJ has a higher number, or at least is very, very close. The, the stats in which Judah, you know, beats RJ soundly are just one or two things because then after usage, win share, RJ 4.6 to 3.2 for Judah or box plus minus. This is a box score estimate of the points per hundred possessions. A player contributed above a league average player. RJ has this one 6.0 to 2.3. RJ is ranked higher at marktorvik.com in terms of, uh, you know, ranking the ACC players. You cannot tell me that all things considered Judah Mintz should be on this list above RJ Davis. And, and this is not to, to dump on Judah. He is a phenomenal basketball player. It's This is more about RJ. It's just that RJ is better and more experienced. And that's what it should be. So anyway, that that's that's the miss, I think. I Listen, agree with the vast majority of these picks. Just RJ should be on it. Now, um, ACC men's basketball preseason poll. Carolina is third behind Duke and Miami, and that kind of holds up with what everyone's saying. And again, you, you got to go out and prove it on the floor. Um, Duke's loss roster is absolutely loaded. Like they're, we're making no bones about that. But Carolina is and should be right there with them. And we'll just have to wait and see. Like I think a distinct advantage for the Tar Heels is going to be Armando in the post against whomever, you know, I think Flip's going to have to probably start at the five. He's not a true five. So, be really interesting to see all that. Anyway, Carolina's third behind Duke and Miami, Virginia four, Clemson five, Wake six, NC State seven, and then on down from there. So um, for preseason ACC player of the year, as expected, Kyle Filipowski wins that one, got 35 of the 51 votes. Mondo was second with 13. The only two other players to get any votes were PJ Hall from Clemson, got two, and then Tyrese Proctor, point guard at Duke, got one. So Kyle Filipowski kind of dominated that one, but Armando right there with him. And then the only other individual award for the men is a preseason rookie of the year. And that was Elliot Cadeau in a landslide, got 40 of the 51 votes Two Duke guys, Jared McCain and Caleb Foster right behind him with six and three votes respectively. And then only two other guys got votes. Donald Hand Jr. from Boston College got one vote and Carlton Carrington from Pitt 
also got one vote. So um, good representation from the Tar Heels. Just RJ should be on this list. I'm angry on his behalf. He probably doesn't care because he's like, cool, let me just go out and show you why you screwed this up. On the women's side, Carolina's also picked third in the women's ACC preseason poll behind Virginia Tech and Notre Dame. Instead of two individual teams, there's just 10 player preseason all ACC team. Both Deja Kelly and Alyssa Utsby are on that team. So that's great and, and expected again there. And then instead of like a transfer of the year or a freshman of the year, they just have a newcomer watch list that has five ladies on it. And Lexi Donarski from the Tar Heels was on that list. So some good representation from the Tar Heels on the women's side as well. So that's the ACC preseason poll. Obviously, we're going to start to see what it's actually going to look like as we get into games. Now, that's enough basketball talk. It's time for Carolina to see if they can bounce back from losing to Virginia last week. But got to be careful because getting too emotional in Atlanta against Georgia Tech could actually be detrimental. I'll explain what I mean in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks offers weekly promotions for you that can lead to big payouts. Like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide you even more value. With the Prize Picks reboot policy, your entries are going to stay in play even if your player gets injured. And Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform that has that injury insurance. I love it. It makes me want to do this and be a little more worry free with it, you know? And it's crazy easy to do. Here's how you play on Price Picks. You pick two or more players. The players will each have a, a stat associated with them, a projected stat. You just pick if you think they'll get more or less. And if you're right, you win. It's easy, right? Here's an example. On Friday, today, this is a great one. You could go more or less on Nikola Jokic to combine his points, rebounds, and assists more or less than those three stats combined for 50 and a half. I love it. That's so fun. Uh, difficult. That's a tough call. I'd probably take the over, but it would be close. If you want to get in on that, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, let's talk football. Here we go. UNC at Georgia Tech, Saturday night, tomorrow, October 28th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. It's on ACC Network. Believe it or not, Georgia Tech leads the all-time series between these two schools. Georgia Tech, 32 wins. Carolina, 22 wins and three ties. And you're probably aware of this, but Georgia Tech has won the last two games straight, including that disappointing come-from-behind win that they had last year that started Carolina's four-game slide. That would have been that 10th win, getting Carolina to double digits, but it did not happen. Beyond that two-game winning streak that Georgia Tech has, they've actually won four of the last five in the series overall, and they've won 10 of the last 12 games in Atlanta. Wow, that is bonkers to me. And now, because of the loss to Virginia, instead of just like, oh, we just do our thing and we're good for the ACC championship game, we are now very much in, in standings watching mode, scoreboard watching mode to see what the other teams do. 
there are three other teams that have one conference loss. That's Virginia Tech, who demolished Syracuse on Thursday night, 38 to 10. So they're staying at one loss. But then also Louisville and Duke. That's the other two schools. Here's the good news. They play each other on Saturday. So one of those two schools is going to have two losses. As weird as this sounds to say, I hate to say this, probably actually want Duke to win that game because Carolina doesn't play Louisville, so you can't control that. But Carolina does play Duke. So if Duke beats Louisville, they have two losses. And then if Carolina beats Duke, then they would have two losses. So that's kind of how you want that to play out. If you can stomach cheering for Duke. If not, cheer for Louisville. Why not? You know, like if Carolina's got to keep winning anyway. So there you go. Now, as always, I want to give you the what to watch for. What to watch for. Four things I'm watching for in this football game on Saturday night. Number one, this is the big Big picture question for me. What is going to be Carolina's response to last week? Do they get up off the mat or is it like last year? And it's like, now we're done. And the the answer to, to this question to me is not about the physical response. How does Carolina perform? It's about the mental response. What happens between the ears uh, this week leading up and then Saturday? Is there now a mental block or is Carolina able to put that loss behind them? and just say, what's done is done, here we go, Georgia Tech, you're going down. I need this team to come out on fire. That's what you got to do in this environment. But it's got to be a controlled fire because here's what happens. You can get high and emotional, and that might sustain you for like the first five minutes, but then it wears off like a bad like caffeine drop. <laughs> Carolina needs to come out just like they always do. There needs to be a fire. Like we got to prove that what happened last week was, was a one-off weird thing. But ultimately, I just need the Tar Heels to treat this game like they would any other. Just do what you always do. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Be you. That is the most important thing because the emotion could get you. It could be negative. And you can, again, you can't change the result of what happened last week by winning in Atlanta. So just play your brand of football. That's all Mac Brown needs you to do. And as always, don't let one loss turn you turn into two losses by piling on yourself. So that's my what to watch for point number one. Number two, can Carolina be road warriors? As weird as it sounds, heading into now the eighth game of the season, this is just the second true road game for Carolina. The only other game they've played in a true road environment was at Pitt, which they handled well, 41 to 24. So Carolina's undefeated on the road, but they're only one and up. <laughs> but remember, this game is at Georgia Tech, where Carolina in Atlanta has lost 10 of the last 12 games. That's not great. Now's the time to change that. Carolina is upset about the loss from last week. They're upset about what's happened to against Georgia Tech the last couple of years. So what you're looking to do on the road is take the wind out of the sails early. If Georgia Tech gets the ball first, you want a three and out. And then you want to go score quickly. Or if Carolina gets the ball, I either want to see like a big play punch you in the mouth, like 60-yarder to Tez Walker, or like a nice methodical drive that takes like five or six minutes off the clock that just deflates the energy in the stadium. That's what I'm looking at. Carolina needs to do this right out of the gate. That's what you got to do on the road is take the crowd out of it. But keep in mind, this Georgia Tech team is better than Virginia. 
Heck, they beat Miami, right? So that's what we're looking at. Number three on the what to watch for. What happened to Drake last week? Is he trailing off kind of like he did a little bit towards the end of last year? Or was that just a weird thing that like his touch and timing were off last week? Which Drake are we going to get? But the Drake that we know or or whatever that was last week. It's just part of the conversation that we need to consider. We fully expect Drake to be Drake, but he might not be. And and what about the drops last week as part of this as well? Was that with Drake being off? Or was that just like Nate McCollum was having just a bad day? And J.J. Jones, too, he had a drop. I'm going to be really interested to see that. I expect Drake to come out and just be a dude. But we'll see. And then number four is the punt game, the field position. Are we going to see Tom McGinnis again? Will we see Cole Maynard as we did on that last punt? We'll have to wait and see what happens with this. But that field position game was part of the loss last week. That that hurt Carolina in a big way. Carolina has to get the punting game back going. And, and that's the hard thing about not having Ben Kiernan. So we will watch for that. In terms of predictions, the FanDuel line for this game is Carolina favored by 11 and a half. The over-under is 63 and a half. I ultimately expect a tight game, a close game, but I do expect the Tar Heels to get back up over 30 after not doing so last week. I'm going to go Carolina 31, Georgia Tech 24. So Heels don't cover the line. It's minus 11 and a half. Um, and we also hit the under. The, the over-under is 63 and a half. My, my prediction has us getting to 55. So... Carolina wins, but they don't cover and we hit the under. Who cares? A win is a win, and that's what we're looking for. Friends, thanks so much for tuning in again. You everydayers, thanks so much for being here. If you're a guest, first time, whatever it is, thanks. So glad you're here. Come on in. Be part of this Locked on Tar Heels daily community. In fact, if you want to go deeper into it, come join our Discord, where we're having conversations all week and all weekend long, talking about Carolina basketball and football and everything else. It's awesome, and you should be a part of it. You can also email the show, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe on audio and video formats. Smash the like button if you're watching on YouTube. We would love to hear your comments on all of the conversation points we've had today. I want to remind you that it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Cannot wait to unpack the exhibition game and this football game with you. We'll do that soon. But until then, peace. Peace.